Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pup names are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dog teams and researchers around the world about the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started or not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. So today I'm really excited for this extra special episode. We're going to be talking with Mary Margaret from Pet Partners and Connie and Diane from North Star Therapy Animals about National Therapy Animal Day. Hi. Hi there. How are you today, Sherry? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very well. Hey. So, hi. Hi. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. We talked about what can we do for National Therapy Animal Day that would be different from what we did last year on Therapy Dog Talk. And we thought it would be really cool to kind of talk about the experience of creating proclamations and what that is like. So before we dive into that, I would love for each of you to take some time to introduce yourself, who you're with, who your animal partners are, and a little bit about what you do if you volunteer with them. My name is Connie Preeze, and I have a therapy dog currently named Kimber. She's a Vishla breed. She's been a therapy partner of mine for about two and a half years. I did have a previous pet partner therapy animal for 11 years. I live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota in the suburbs. Currently, I'm the president of North Star Therapy Animals, and I visit with my dog Kimber at VA hospital, schools, nursing homes, workplaces, libraries, and large group events. I'm Diane Prang, and I'm also from the Twin Cities. I live in the suburbs. Some of the places that we visit right here are the Mall of America and also Hennepin Healthcare, which is the major trauma hospital in the area. We also go to libraries and schools and a lot of different events. We have an event where we go to Southdale Mall and Kids come and read with us. My main man, and he has been a therapy dog with me since night. He's my third. And then right now I'm also volunteering with Nebs. And my husband, whom I advocated to join volunteers with Chekhov. I really thought you were going to have your husband's face when you did that. <laughs> Pushkin is the newest member of the team. So four of our Siberian Huskies are now therapy dogs, which considering the breed, we feel pretty good about. Yeah, that's amazing. My new little seven-month-old puppy is like allegedly 9% Siberian Husky, but I swear she has all of the Husky sass. So kudos to you for four Husky therapy dogs. Well, just having four Huskies. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Very nice. Well, Mary Margaret, how about you? I'm nowhere near as exciting as Air Diane, I'm afraid. But my name is Mary Margaret. I'm the chief mission officer at Pet Partners. I oversee a lot of our advocacy work, um, which ties to National Therapy Day and the proclamations that we work to get every year. I live outside the Seattle area. And while I don't have any registered therapy animals at this time, I do live on a farm. So I have three dogs, three cats, 14 goats. And five miniature donkey. Sounds awesome. Very cool. Well, Connie and Diane, I don't know who wants to answer this, but I would love to hear a little bit about how North Star Animal Therapy or North Star Therapy Animals, sorry, started 
and what your goal really is as a group? Well, we started many years ago and a group of people decided they wanted to get together in the Twin Cities area and have a place where all of our teams are registered with Fet Partners and have the local areas request visits and organize so that we could have a place where we could help each other with our therapy animal work and be a group that would work together. It started as a group of only about 10 to 12 people. And now we have grown to a group of 215 North Star members who are also pet partner registered therapy teams. So it has grown over many years to become quite the large organization and very willing people who are all volunteering in all aspects of this group. Diane, do you know what year we started? I think it was 2007. Yeah. We are a 501c3. And we also are pretty excited about the fact that we have a lot more than just dogs. We have cats. Um, we have guinea pigs. We have llamas, alpacas, mini horses. And we did have a rat. We're working on the bird. But I don't think the pig population in Minnesota is very we'd go to the next state below us, but uh, we're trying. We'd like to have all nine. I love that as a goal. I think that's a great goal. (laughs) The other part of it too, is we really want the next generation. So we, the youth with a scholarship, our group was given some funds by one of our families who had a young boy rat. So we encourage young people to take advantage of it and to get started and to have their fees covered. That's great. Very cool. Well, Mary Margaret, can you tell us a little bit about Pet Partners' goals for National Therapy Animal Day this year? Absolutely. National Therapy Animal Day, the behind it is that we really want to take a day to truly celebrate all the that these very special animals do all across the country and around the world. You can't celebrate these amazing animals without also celebrating their phenomenal handlers because those dogs, cats, rabbits, and guinea pigs are not dropping themselves to the library or the hospital or wherever they're going. It takes a really committed individual who's interested in being educated and following best practices to make these visits happen. A lot of people who get to sort of passively observe therapy animal interaction go, oh, it's all the animals, just magic, and it just happens. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes at Met have a chance to see. So it was really important to have a day where we could celebrate the amazing volunteerism of these teams out in our communities and increase awareness about therapy animals and the amazing benefit they provide to our community. That's great. I love that. What can you tell us about the goal of having teams or individuals request proclamations around National Therapy Animals? It was something that just started in the last few years. We wanted to celebrate National Therapy Animal Day and we would try and do things for volunteers and we try and get out on social media. And then we started realizing as we would see legislation being introduced in different states around the country. And there's so much confusion about the difference between therapy animals and service animals, emotional support animals. It became evident to us that if we could help educate our lawmakers, local, state, federal, 
about therapy animals, the great work they do, the importance of best practices, we can put ourselves in a position where we could help lawmakers who wanted to pass legislation and had good intentions, but might have been using the wrong language or might not have understood some of the nuance, the difference between these different types of animals that are all important in their own right. And so one of the pieces around proclamations is really about building relationships your local lawmakers and helping them truly understand the great work that therapy animals can do. I rest assured that in the great state of Minnesota, with Connie and Diane and all the wonderful work they've done, reaching out to so many different elected officials, if somewhere down the line someone thinks, gosh, I'd like to do some legislation for therapy animals, they've got two amazing resources that they already have relationships with, that they've met, and they may have even met their dogs. And it puts us in a great position to make sure that legislation that is introduced is in the best interest of therapy animals and the clients that they serve. I love that. I love that a lot. Connie and Diane, from my understanding, collectively, you were able to enact 14 proclamations. Is that right? Close. We got one uh, shout out or they called it a hurrah because we didn't get the information in on time, but it was hurrahed in the city of Richfield. So that was close. What was that process like for you? What does it look like for someone to try to get a proclamation stated in their area? Well, it started about three years ago. We had some connections with local legislators that helped, but it all started by just emailing the mayor, for example, of Bloomington and giving him a pretty long list of all the places that we visited in his city and everything we've done. So being able to go right away and give him the examples, I think, made a difference. And also getting it far enough in advance of the day. That's one thing people don't always think about. They think, oh, I'll just do it. It's next week. Most government organizations need a little more lead time. So, you know, starting six, seven, eight weeks in advance is a good idea. Then because we had volunteered and done some comfort and joy visits to some of our legislators at the Capitol, we had some connections there. And I asked, you know, how do you get the proclamation? And they gave me the guidance. And we've gotten the state of Minnesota three years in a row. We also think we have a connection with the governor because we gave him his dog on a stick at the state fair. I mean, that's a pretty good connection. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You have to go to where they are and it's all about them. We learned that. You just don't go in and ask. You start with maybe doing something for them. We've had three de-stress visits with our representatives and we were approached this year to do one with our state senators. So it's building. Yeah, that makes sense. Relationships are key to everything, right? (laughs) You start, you think, oh, okay, well, we'll just fill out the form, but they have to see your face and see your animals and then know that you are there giving them something because everybody's always knocking on their door asking for something for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I'm impressed that six to eight weeks is enough lead time. Your officials must be on top of them. Some of them have a good proclamation process 
And we've also learned that some cities say we'll do it one year, but maybe not continuing. Although that was really only two that we ran across. Okay. So is that something where you need to re-engage them every year to make the proclamation happen again? Well, yeah, you have to go to them and ask. But something interesting happened with Hennepin County here, which is the greater metro area of Minneapolis. What happened was three of our members all applied. Some of them went through pet partners, some of them went direct, some of them did both. So we got a response back like, oh, I guess you guys are really interested, but we have to vote on it. So will you come to our board meeting when we go and vote? And we were, what if they vote no? What we did learn was they were really interested in the places we visited that had Hennepin in the name, the Hennepin Technical College, Hennepin Library. So I think that's one key thing we've learned over time. If you can show me what you've done for my city, state, or county. Diane, did you tell them about how it was just a slow process over the last four years that we've been working on? Yeah, it's more like, and I knew that we wanted to do it. It's a slower process to get members to do it. And this year we told everyone, go ahead and use the Pet Partners form. So that seemed to work. The representative from my county told us that he wants to propose and work on the therapy animal standards for next year. So it doesn't always happen overnight in a month, in a year. So it's just an ongoing process. Right. After visiting and giving some de-stress events and starting a relationship, And Connie and I were able to go and visit with her state representative, whom we discovered was on the Agriculture Committee. And we recognized that New York State passed legislation based on that committee. So now Connie's representative, who likes her dog so much, that he can't do it this session, but next year we're going to be working on that. And and we have New York as guidelines. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. Can you say a little bit more about that, about the difference between proclamations and legislations and what your goal is there? Well, the proclamations are pretty much to celebrate National Therapy Day and proclaim our animals as advocates and helpers in the community and around in our area. And the legislation is going to be to have standards for therapy animals in the state or the county or the city, but mostly we're thinking state. Because currently there's no standards for therapy animals in legislation in a lot of areas. New York passed it. We know that. And we would like to get it passed in Minnesota. So that's the difference there. What is the benefit of passing legislation in your state, county, et cetera, for therapy animal standards? Legislation can take a lot of forms. But ultimately, I think all of our goals, I suspect everyone who's listening, has a shared goal. And we want to make sure that when therapy animals are out in the community, regardless of where they are, not only are the people interacting with those wonderful therapy animals safe, but that the animal welfare for that animal is also protected. Um, so there are some good guidelines. Therapyanimalstandards.org is a great place to read the standards of practice for AI. It's a free download, easy to get to. But we're seeing some interest now from individual states 
to quantify what some of those best practices are. How do we defend the animal welfare for these amazing therapy animals out in public? How do we ensure that individuals who are interacting with these animals are going to save safe, both from things like scratches or bites or even zoonotic illness, right? Germs transferred back and forth between animals and people. And so different states are approaching it differently. New York was the first to codify a set of guidelines. They basically passed legislation that said, we're going to create some guidelines and that document's going to be what guides therapy animals in the state of New York. Pup Partners was overjoyed to be part of that process. We helped to create the guidelines. They're very much in line with standards of practice in AAI. They're meant to serve everyone who's affiliated with therapy animals in any way, whether you're the volunteer coordinator at the local hospital or you're a librarian that's bringing in dogs for reading programs, or you're a therapy animal handler or the therapy. So, you know, this is what we're starting to see. Maryland's expressed some interest. Sounds like Minnesota got some interest. So states are sort of seeing there's so many great benefits to having well-qualified therapy animals in our communities. What can we do to make sure that that experience stays positive for everyone. And that's something that helps us too, because we have probably over 300 facilities that contact us and request visits. And sometimes a new one that starts up says, hey, teams that are not pet partners are interested in coming. What should we do? I think if we had standards, we could say, ask them if they follow these standards. Yeah, that's great. Well, Mary Margaret, can you tell us a little bit about the impact of National Therapy Animal Day this year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're really excited this year that total of 96 proclamations that were spread across different states of different municipalities or communities recognizing National Therapy Animal Day this year. 14 of those proclamations were statewide, including Minnesota, obviously, but adding to the list, we have all sorts of states from all different parts of the country, from Arizona, Georgia. The list was on. So it was wonderful to see the recognition of these great therapy animals in communities. Oh, hopefully next year, maybe we'll break 100. We'll get to that triple digit mark. But it was very rewarding to see that. And as both Bonnie and Diane have mentioned, it's a really lovely experience. If you're a handler, I encourage you to consider reaching out to celebrate National Therapy Animal Day as we had a chance to be invited to whether it's your county commissioner's office or wherever the mayor's office, things like that, and bring your therapy animal and share the stories of the amazing work that you do in your community. It's really rewarding. And we are here to support that effort because we want to see therapy animals well-recognized and represented all across the and you usually get a really nice thing with a seal on it and a folder. I mean, it's important. It's impressive. And it's a picture-taking opportunity, like you said. During COVID a few years ago, the mayor tried to read the whole proclamation out loud. And he came out of the facility. Because it was COVID, we did it outdoors. And he got interrupted a little bit by the dogs who attended, but it was very precious. They were just adding their thoughts and feelings on the day. They were howling about it. Yeah. The capital to pick up the proclamation and we went to the governor's office and we met the staff. We weren't actually able to meet the governor, but they all came out and petted our dog and brought the proclamation and 
we took pictures on the capital step and it was very, very rewarding. So it is something that's really fun too. And we brought the treats and sweets. So yeah, I love it. Well, I'm curious because all of this happened because you really enjoy volunteering with your dogs. Ultimately, what is it that you enjoy about volunteering with your dogs? Well, I think it's fun to share your dog with other people because we're so lucky we have these amazing animals and sharing them with someone else is just very, very rewarding. It's also fun to go new places and develop relationships with clients or staff in those places and have ongoing relationships. But most of all, you understand that the human-animal bond is at work and way more than you know. So it's rewarding in that way. Yeah, I always say it's a three-way win. You know, if you're a multitasker, that works great because you have a positive experience, the animal has a positive experience, and the people that you work with, and so many of them say, you made my day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank my heart. It is, you get tears in your eyes when you see appreciation. I love it. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, too, you don't even know who you're going to impact on that visit. When you're first getting started and you're going to the hospital, you're thinking about visiting with the patients, but it makes such a big deal when you stop by the nurse's station and things like that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. What made you decide to take that volunteering one step further and start doing advocacy for therapy animals? Well, at the Pet Partners Conference in San Antonio, couple of years back, I went to that breakout session. I said, gee, that sounds like a good idea. And of course, I came home and I said, now what do I do? But you take it one step at a time. You start saying, well, who are my representatives? How do I get in touch with them? And that's the progression. How do I get in front of them? You know, how do we bring dogs in? How do we bring other teams in? Yeah. And then Mary Margaret reached out to us personally about a year ago to thank us for our advocacy, but also to be there to us discuss however that might be needed. So we don't feel like we're alone in doing that. Partners will help us. And you know, that's another point. It takes a team. So if you're part of a group, a local community partner or a group, you want to bring a buddy with you. You know, it just feels so much more fun. Mary Margaret, what about you? What inspired you into this role where you're leading all of these people in advocacy efforts? Well, you know, I consider myself really fortunate, Sherry, because the way sort of my career has evolved over time. My first job, I was a classroom teacher. I taught high school and middle school for years and then moved throughout that. Animals have always been a big part of my life. I live on a farm with a whole menagerie. I deeply understand how important animals are to human health and well-being. So pet partners for me is animals, the importance of volunteerism, which has always played a role in my life, and that education has been a big driver in my professional career. Wanted to help educate people, whether it was students years and years ago when I first started, or now helping to make sure that handlers are aware of best practices on these amazing visits, everything they need to know to be as impactful as possible. So for me, it's this wonderful area where all those things overlap. And I help educate lawmakers. I can champion the volunteers around the world and around the country who are doing this really important work. And it's all because animals are so important in our lives on a daily basis. I love that. What advice do y'all have for someone who's interested in getting started as a therapy dog team or therapy animal team, not specifically dogs? 
I think it's really important to share your experiences and your animal so that they can see firsthand the demeanor of your dog and the skills that are needed. But also some things you can do is share the partner link and also our sort of the animal link so they can learn more. It usually takes more than one discussion or interaction to get somebody going to become a therapy animal. Because most people don't realize all that you have to do to get registered as a therapy animal. I would say there are lots of resources that Pet Partners has. And one of the things we tell them is go ahead, get online, register with an account. It's free and poke around, look for stuff. Find the resources. Because if you don't know what you're getting into, I can't talk to you and pet your dog and say that you're a good candidate or anything. That to me is the opening step is to have them set it up. Even if they don't become a pet partners team and they get registered with another, they can still go on there and, and learn and find out. And that's the education piece. Then, of course, if it's a dog, you want to make sure they get into an in-person class environment so we can look at them and see the temperament. But shadow somebody, come to one of our meetings, talk to other members. There's a lot you can do. And there are lots of evaluators and instructors that give little Zoom intros. That's a good starting place. What we find is that you can talk to somebody once, twice. Three times. It takes about four interactions before they figure out what they should do. You know, so exposure is real important. Both Diane and I do some other events besides therapy dog, like rally, obedience, Diane shows her dogs confirmation. And we can spot those animals that we think would be great therapy animals. I do scent work with my dog. I'm so proud just last week. Two of the people in my scent work class that I've been in for over two years finally register their dog as therapy animals and they're just wonderful dogs. This is another way is just noticing animals that would be a good fit and encouraging their owners to get registered. Agreed, Connie. Good point. All the sports. What are the things that stands out to you when you're like, hey, your dog might be really good at this. You should look into it. For me, they like people, but they're also very well behaved and they have good obedience skills. One of the big things is your dog stays with you and not everyone wants to pet a dog. They might just want to look at it. So your dog has to be able to stay with you when the person just wants to watch you. They can't approach every single person they see. And they also have to be very well behaved around other dogs or animals and not always wanting to play with every animal that they see. So it's important your dog knows when it's okay to go up to the person or you go around other dogs, but our dogs don't play with each other when we're visiting and make sure your dog knows enough to be with you at all times. Yeah. Margaret, do you have anything to add? I would say the one thing I would add to the great suggestions and things that both Connie and Diane have said here is don't underestimate how important it is for you to have a really strong bond with your animal. A lot of times people think it's all about the animal. My animal's friendly. My animal's got great obedience skills. My animal can do all this. But it's really about you and your animal working as a team together in settings that can be volatile or change or things like that. If your animal trusts that you're going to 
act in its best interest at all times. Then your animal can be confident in public and confident in interacting with other people. And that's where that great experience comes from. In my experience, some of the very best handlers I've seen haven't necessarily had show quality dogs in terms of obedience skills, but what they've had is an unbelievably trusting bond between their animal and that human. And that makes things move really smoothly. So, you know, even if you're just starting to think about becoming a therapy animal, you're trying to explore some of that, absolutely work on your obedience skills. Absolutely do that. But really, my bottom line is work on your relationship with your animal. Make sure your animal trusts you implicitly and make sure you can trust your animal and that the two of you have some form of top secret communication, right? Whether it's the raised eyebrow or the nod or your verbal cues, whatever that may be. That's really, that's the ground level. That's what all the other stuff is based on. You've got that. You might have potential and you should definitely explore it further. Yeah, love that. Jessica says, great point. It's teamwork, 100% trust. Yeah. And I think what Connie said is seeing a lot of dogs interact with their handlers during different activities and sports, you can tell they work together. They trust each other. Yeah, absolutely. What advice do you have for an existing team who wants to get involved in advocacy work? I'll suggest that if you're sort of just exploring things, visit the Pet Workers website. We've got resources on advocacy. You can read up. There's some videos to watch, things like that. If you just want to sort of explore a little bit or noodle around, we certainly have things there. But, I mean, you've heard Connie and Diane. There's no time like the present. Great your elected officials, introduce yourself. Tell them the amazing work you do in your community. Offer to come by for a de-stress event for their staff. It's all about building relationships. And in my experience, people who love being a therapy animal handler, they like building relationships and meeting people. It's not any different just because they're an elected official, trust me. And it sounds like right now you have about eight to nine months to build that relationship before you got to start asking for your proclamation. Now it's the time. Build goodwill. Elective officials are constantly being asked for things and sometimes asked for hard things, asked to make decisions, things, asked for money in the budget. You don't have to ask for anything right now. All you have to do is share your amazing animal. Thank your elected officials for serving their community. Easy peasy. I would say that's just huge what Mary Margaret said. And summer is coming up and there's going to be a lot of outside events that you can just go to with your dog where there's going to be officials there that are elected and just go up to them and share your animal and communicate with them and become their friend and bring your dog up and say hi and talk to them about what's a therapy animal. Do you they even know? So. You don't have to set anything up. Just go to your community event if you can, if dogs are allowed, and walk up to these officials. So that's one thing. It's not an election year per se for some of them, so they'll still be there, hopefully, in February. Right. You can take advantage of what's out there. Yeah, that's great. Do you have anything else to add on that, Diane? No, but I wanted to just say something about the education piece that Mary Margaret was saying, because in the beginning of the advocacy, we thought, well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to explain the difference between a service dog and, a, you know, because so many. But I don't think that they can pass a piece of legislation doing that. I think now that we've seen it is by doing standards, 
that is going to come out of it. And by talking to communities and saying, here, this is what it is. We also, from North Star Therapy, want to thank Pet Partners for always being there with any questions we might have, anything so small about advocacy or even our pet partner therapy animal team. And because we don't feel alone, that's important. Like we said, if you go to do this work, do it with a friend. It's fun and I think you get further because people can vote their ideas back and forth. Yeah, it's giggly, actually. Because we met our representative. Hey, he even knows my face now since I've come back and he recognizes the dog. So it's just fun. And it's not just the representatives, it's legislative aides. The guards in the building, it's everyone that enjoys the visit. So ask first before you bring your dog in, but try to get a visit with your animal because that breaks down a lot of barriers. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share while you're here? I think like Connie, I say that Pet Partners has made a huge difference for my family, because both my husband and I are volunteers, and he thanks me all the time for bringing him into the world of therapy dogs. You know, it's our retirement job, but I wish I would have started sooner. It's extremely rewarding, and we've had some wonderful experiences, and I know that because we are pet partners and we are the gold standard, our local group gets a lot of opportunities and Last week, we went to see the FBI, and this week, we were at the local PBS television station. I know that's because we're affiliated with Pet Partners, and they have such great respect. Very well said. And we also, but Amazon Fulfillment Center, they asked us to come down there and, you know, help with their employees. I mean, we just get more requests than we can fill. And you meet a lot of great friends and your animals become like Diane's animals or my animal. You learn about other people's animals, so it's a great connection, both animal-wise and friendship-wise. So I can tell that you two have a lot of fun together. That's very obvious. <laughs> Thank you for having us. We appreciate uh, it. Yeah, of course. Mary Margaret, did you have anything else you wanted to share? No, just one. To thank you, Sherry. This has been great fun. Anybody who's interested, I really encourage you. You can do advocacy. It's not outside your grasp, I promise. Um, but if you need help or you need some tips, come to Pet Partners, email us at advocacy at Pet Partners, check out therapyanimalstandards.org. There's some helpful resources there. And we hope you're all celebrating with us next year for National Therapy Animal Day. Awesome. There's a French saying that's the first step is the most difficult one. So just take the first step. And if anyone happens to be in your area, where can they find out more about North Star Therapy Animals? They go to northstartherapyanimals.org or info at northstartherapyanimals. We're on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And you can find us at most of the Hennepin, Carver, Scott County libraries and events and all the hospitals. You'll find us. So if you're in the area, just look around. Somebody thought it was a program, but my husband and I, in the training process, would take four huskies, not as therapy dogs, because we're two people, four dogs, and sit outside Costco. A couple people asked, how do you get involved in that therapy dog program, sitting outside Costco with your dog? Well, you just buy a lodge from Costco and they let you 
But there are so many places that you wouldn't have thought of that would welcome your team. And we like making those opportunities available to our local members. So that's our challenge. If we had a bird and a pig, if anybody watching, please contact Connie. You know, I do have one more question before we go, and it may be for you, Mary Margaret, but if someone's watching this and they're with a different organization, but they want to get involved in National Therapy Animal Day with proclamations and everything, can they still do that? Absolutely. Maybe you're somebody who's received a visit, or maybe a family member has benefited from therapy animal visits when they were in a hospital and you saw that transformation, that benefit. We invite you to participate in National Therapy Animal Day too. Anyone who wants to acknowledge the amazing work that therapy animal teams do around the country is more than welcome to participate in National Therapy Animal Day and ask their elected officials for a proclamation. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was really great having you all here today. I Thanks. appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.